Hi and welcome to the second in our Lessons from Lockdown series where we're speaking to our authors to identify particular lessons governments should be learning at the moment. In this episode I speak to Martin Glynn who's a criminologist and lecturer in criminology at Birmingham City University. His book on black art and the criminological imagination will be published with Bristol University Press next year. Martin, thanks for speaking to us today. What has been on your mind and what have you been working on during lockdown? Um, in the early stages of lockdown, a little bit of anxiety, um, panic buying. Uh, I didn't really like it in the beginning. But to tell you the truth, I've just been working on my new book that you guys are publishing. Yeah. Have a lot of marking, uh, dissertations and essays, which again gets me up early. And that's been what I've been doing. Uh, I've developed a letter writing project. I'm trying to bring back the art of people writing letters at a time of lockdown. So I've set up with the National Justice Museum. Okay. Uh, which has been hugely successful, and I'll be taking those letters and creating something interesting from them. And the final thing, really, is to change the way we do podcasts, what we call Jcast, which is to... What take... does the J stand for in Jcast? Jazz. Jazz. <laughs> it's just because what happened is we deconstructed a blog, made it into eight, you know, took 800 words, spoke it, put jazz and hip hop behind it. Mm. And we thought, well, we don't want to confuse it with podcasting and the traditional, you know, what Russell Brand would do and 30 minutes in an hour and Charlotte Moffat. We didn't want to do that. So we just said, look, it's straight, concise, straight to the point. No waffle, no ambiguity. And we call it a J-cast because the J, because my, my brethren does the music, I wanted to make sure that when you say it's a jazz cast, um, that he gets a little bit in there. So that's what I've been doing. Um, keeping busy, keeping creative and feeling truly blessed that I've got a creative outlet. So you're a criminologist. From a criminological point of view, what problems has coronavirus caused, what coronavirus and the lockdown caused and exacerbated? Well, uh, there's a few things. I mean, I predicted domestic violence anyway. I, I, I'm speaking as a man that you know, it was just me and my wife locked in the space and what I felt like. And I know a lot of my friends who've been jailed, suffering from mental health problems. So domestic violence, we've seen quite, I mean, we saw an incident outside the house where a, a father wanted to see his daughter. Yeah. And the other guy wouldn't let him in. So we've seen, we've seen an interest, uh, an interest, uh, an in, increase on that. Uh, social distancing conflict, um, conflict at shops, people being spat at. Um, I had a guy sneeze all over my back um, when I was out. Um, but generally is the whole 1984, you know, mm. George Orwell, it's, it's very like Orwellian in, in, in being told what to do. So I've observed a lot of conflict coming from people either wanting to be defiant or just don't like their way they're told to, to get away from something. Um, I would say depression, panic and anxiety. Yeah. I, in abundance. I've seen it um, on the streets. Luckily, I've got a car, so I drive most places. But I've seen when people are walking down the streets, people have got dogs. So I've noticed that there's a, there's a hypervigilance, I suppose. That's what it would be. Yeah. Uh, if you go into a shop with a mask on, people panic. If you haven't got one on, if you've got one on. So I would say a lot more hypervigilant. And sometimes it spills out into conflict, verbal conflict and physical altercations. Um Risk assessments, crime on, you know, whether to make crime or not, to be or not to be, that is the question. Um, I've just been furloughed. I've got no money. How am I going to pay my bills? Yeah. There is a lot of, you know, some stuff it. 
Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rob. You know, you can't, the thing is, with most people at the moment, street robbery is going to increase because there's no shops to rob. You can't rob a bank. Yeah. Um, people don't want to go into closed spaces because the fear of being, you know, breathed on or, or and stuff like this. So I would say that you are going to see after lockdown, drug dealers are going to intensify because they need their money. Uh, county lines is going to be on the what I'm saying is you're going to see a proliferation. Um, but you're also going to see a lot of other types of crime, middle class people in suburbs who are going to commit suicide or kill their family mm. or family annihilation mm. because people are just about to move house. And yeah. suddenly the deal's falling through. Um, you've been furloughed. You're 50 and suddenly you've lost your job. Um, you're a man. You're in your house with your partner you're very insecure because she's a nurse and she caught, she's stopping in a hotel and you think she's having an affair with someone yeah. and you find out. So, so the, the level of social anxiety is, is, is making quite a lot of people I've spoken to look at antisocial ways of wanting to survive. And the other one is, is around the pathology around BAME and COVID-19. Yeah, that's what the JCAST was about, wasn't it? I'll yeah, a link and it's to that at the, end. the right wing. Yeah. The right wing. I, I, you, you're starting to see the same way that Donald Trump is saying it's the Chinese. But because of BAME, there's now, like during Ramadan. I mean, I know that Muslims have observed Ramadan lockdown. Yeah. But there is a sense now that because they've pathologized it, rather than look at issues of the sociology of poverty and, and all the other stuff got around it, but the assumption is, oh, one in four black people get it. So if you're black and you go into a shop with a mask on, you somehow have got this infectious disease as yeah, opposed to that's not the issue. So the pathology on COVID, it means that for in Birmingham, a lot of black people are saying, no, we're not we're not sending our kids back to school. And at university, BCU has got 52 percent non-white students. Okay, so yeah. when you're going to phase return back to university, I can't say how you're going to do that, knowing that 52 one in two of your students and their extended family are part of this one in four pathology. So in a way, I would say, unfortunately, that this this is a criminologist dream. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, not like way, but what I am dealing with is I'm very, very aware that in the months to come and the years to come, you are going to see a criminological and a, an emotional and psychological impact of lockdown. Lockdown is the easy bit. I've got friends of mine who've been locked down in jail and they said this is not lockdown compared to being locked up 23 hours a day yeah. in a prison. But it's a psychological lockdown. Yeah. And people are now seen as a human and civil rights issue, as you've seen with the protests. So you're now seeing the police have got an increased role, even in the courts situation, are wondering how do we try cases of people that infringe COVID-19. So I would say the future around criminological issues a lot of it's taking place around violence and street stuff. But in terms of society as a whole, you're going to see a pandemic of criminal enterprise over the next two to five years because the, the economy's just lost too much. People have, Too many people are dead. Too many people are grieving. Mm. And if you put that together, and in some respects, if Charles Dickens was alive, this is what he wrote about. So that's that. There's a lot of lessons there, isn't there? I mean, in terms of lessons from your research and everything you've just said, what should the government be doing now? What should they be putting putting in place? Three, three clear things, clearer messaging. 
Um, I'll be honest with you, and maybe because I'm a performer, it's even though it's dour, uh, you can use humour. Yeah. Um, they're all they're, they're sending mixed messages out. They certainly don't understand their audience for one. So clearer messaging. Um, the second thing is race matters. Right. You know, you can't on one hand have a lot of people now patching people up in the NHS and then immigration is turned around and say, you know, so you've got those. So, so I'd say race matters. Yeah. Um, but it's bigger than that. It's about travellers. It's about people that are helping the country out. And I think that the whole Brexit frame around Brexit and foreign nationals and immigration has to be thought through differently because this pandemic and a classic example was be they wanted all of these British working class Brexiteers to do all of the uh, strawberry picking and stuff. Yeah. Well, what happened is, and it's the same thing why my father come in. We were brought, my dad came over here to do the work that people didn't want to do. It's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Britain doesn't want foreign people, but it also doesn't want to do the things that foreign people do. Yeah. So I said that race matters. There needs to be some clarity. But I also say that for uh, critical scholars, and I would say critical scholars, scholar activists, they need to stop hiding behind four star journals and publishing and peer review validation. Okay. And start to be more proactive and mm. translate. I, I would say I'd like to see them actualize praxis. Because if we was in South America, you know, if Augusta Boal and Paolo Freire were still alive, they'd be turning in their grave right now. Yeah. So I would say we need to actualize praxis. And, and the other one for me is stop the pathology. Because men are being battered by women, women are being battered by men. So therefore, there's, there's an epidemic of that. Mm. The pathology is it's only women that are being battered. Well, there's a lot of people still killing their children. A lot of children are being battered in the house uh it so therefore if we just pathologize it as it's just one group uh we've got a problem with violence in our society we've normalized it and we yeah. pathologize the people that's doing it yeah um i would like to see the government you know i haven't seen one program that has brought a black academic onto a program not just to talk about COVID, to just be visible so that the community can hear and recognise that some of us are expressing and articulating what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the fourth thing is, I would say, um, operate mindfully. Right. Recognise that mass grief. Recognise the emotional and psychological impact mm. of what's going on. Recognise that people are operating with love, people are operating, caring for each other in ways that they haven't done since the Second World War. Yeah. I would say that in spite of the doom and the gloom and the madness and the chaos and all the things that are going on, somehow we'll look back on this moment and say, you know something, I saw this person differently. I've helped someone. Yeah. And I suppose the final thing is, is to sustain the integrity of what we're becoming as a society, which is more tolerant. There there are things to deconstruct and say, what is it about this experience that enable people to do this? And what can we take away from it and continue to do it? Not, well, now it's over. Let's all go down the beach and forget what took place. Because the memory of those 30, 40,000, how many thousands it's going to be. Yeah 
And, uh, you know, it, I'm hoping that five years from now, the same way we celebrate the First and Second World War, I hope that we have COVID-19 Day yeah. where we celebrate the NHS, where we celebrate those volunteers, where we celebrate the mother with four kids in the house mm. who successfully managed to stop them from going out. Yeah. So for me, those are my, that's that's what I wish, you know, in terms of stuff. So it's it's uh, it's an amazing time. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. I, I really, really hope you're right. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you. Thanks for speaking to us. You can find out more about Martin's book and Bristol University Press Publishing and Criminology and other areas at bristoluniversitypress.co.uk. You can also listen to the Jcast on Transforming Society, which is at transformingsociety.co.uk.